We should not fornicate. We should not commit adultery. We should not fill our temple with alcohol and drugs and all those things. Why? Because this is the temple of God now. We used to do that before we came to Christ. But no more. Because we are representatives of what? Of Jesus Christ now. And Christ lives in me. Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Roll Reese in Diamond Bar, California. It's good to have you with us for our ongoing study of 1 Corinthians, a book that is rich with guidance for honoring God with lives of devotion. Today, Roll will challenge you to be consistent in spending time with the Lord, growing in your understanding of who He is, and committing yourself to righteousness. Spiritual maturity is the theme of our lesson today. We encourage you to follow along with us as Raul Reese begins part two of our study, The Christian Message. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. Look what he says. And I, brethren, could not speak to you as spiritual people, but as unto carnal and as babies in Jesus Christ. Isn't that interesting? That in the church you can have spiritual people and carnal people. Who are the spiritual people? Those that are obedient to the word of God. But a carnal person is a person that doesn't pray, doesn't read, doesn't study. And what's happened from the day one that they accepted Christ, they have never ever grown in their relationship with God. And here is the problem with carnal people. In the next verse he'll tell you. I have fed you with milk. So here you are, you're sitting down, and the Word of God has no interest to you. You like milk. If I gave you meat, you would choke to death. You couldn't swallow it. Paul says, I've given you what? I fed you with milk and not with solid food or meat, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you're still not able to receive it. You see? An immature person is a person that cannot receive the Word of God in its fullness. It's like when we set out to study the Word of God, hey man, give me a steak. I want something solid, something good that is going to fill me. Unsatisfied people, those are carnal people. But also watch this, what he says, verse 3. He says, for you are still carnal. How? For where there is envy and strife and divisions among you, are you not carnal behaving like mere men? The signs of carnality is what? Division. Interesting. You're talking about people. And Paul says these are the signs of a carnal person. They, they what? They strive, they envy, jealousies, and they cause divisions. He says, and they behave like mere men and not like spiritual people. They get angry. They get mad. They cuss. They yell. They scream. They can't handle situations. That's carnality. That's not maturity. And we all fall into that once in a while. I do that too. When I'm on the freeways, I'm very carnal. (laughs) 
I'm still learning. I want to be mature when I drive those freeways. But it's hard. <laughs> but here's what Paul says. And check this out. He says, and, and this was their problem, okay? This is the problem of the Corinthians. They were literally saying, well, I'm of Greg Glory. Well, I'm of John MacArthur. Well, I'm of Charles Swindle. Look what he says. For one says, well, I am of Paul. And then another one says, well, I'm of Paulus. And one, look what Paul says, are you not carnal? Aren't you fleshly? He says, what's wrong with you? They were part spirit. They were actually building their own denomination. (laughs) Well, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Catholic. I'm of Calvary Chapel. No, I'm of Jesus Christ. I'm a Christian. You see? You don't want to separate the body of Christ. You don't want to build wedges in the body of Christ. We want to be united. We want to be together. We want to be loving. We want to be kind. We want to be patient. We want to be spiritual people in everything that we say and do. Why? Because the Word of God brings you to maturity. And then check this out. Verse 5 through 9 now. The field. He says, Who then is Paul? And Paul, this is Paul talking. Notice, total humble. Notice. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? Okay, when we look at, at different ministers and different evangelists and different work of God, who are those people? Listen carefully. They are God's instruments building the same kingdom. That's who they are. They're instruments of God building the kingdom of God. Instruments that God is using to build His kingdom and to bring glory and honor to His name. That's who they are. They're not Hollywood people. They're not superstars. And if they try to be, they are wrong. Because look what Paul says. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos, but servants through whom you believe and as the Lord gave to each one. Hey, listen, when somebody talked to you about Christ, then somebody did what? Somebody came along and they sowed a seed. Then somebody else came by and they watered. Look what Paul says. He says, I have planted and Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Don't forget that. You're nobody. I'm nobody. We're just instruments that God uses to give the gospel to people. That's all we are. We're donkeys. That's all we are. Believe me. We're just big bag of winds. You take a little pin, you deflate real fast. Look what he says. So then, neither he who plants is anything. So I hope I don't burst your little bubble tonight. Nor he who waters. Why? But God who gives the increase. Notice that. And then check this out. Now he who plants and he who waters are one. Hey, we're all together. Not separated. We're all together. We're all one. We're all what? Children of God. Look what he says. So neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God gives the increase. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. Notice what he says. I want you to understand this and underline this. 
Every person here tonight, and whoever's not here tonight, whoever's a child of God, one day you will stand before God and you will be judged individually for what you've done. Not your sins, but your work for Christ. He's going to tell you in a moment this. This is now getting into, in a moment he'll get into the Bema Seat of Christ. The reward system. This is important. Because a lot of times as Christians, they just kind of say, well, I'm just going to sit around and I'm just going to wait for the Lord to come. I don't really have to do anything. I believe that the Word of God tells us that when we become born again of the Holy Spirit, it's not for us just to sit, but to what? To get instructed, get fed, grow up in the Lord, and then be used by God in many, many ways. You are equipping the saints to do what? For the what? For the complete of the what? Of the body of Christ. That's what we're here for. So you can become a missionary. So you can become and help in the Sunday school. Ushering. The crusades. Cleaning, washing, whatever it is. Being active somehow, giving and using my talents and my gifts that God has given to me. Maybe you can draw beautiful. Maybe you're good with computers. Maybe you're good with music. Whatever your gift and talent may be, use it to bring glory and honor to the Lord. Why? Because one day you're going to stand before God and God's going to judge you for your reward. For what? For talents and gifts. And if you don't use them, then what kind of reward are you going to use or receive? Look what he says. This is pretty incredible. Look what he's saying. Verse 8. Now he who plants and he who waters are one, and each one will receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. Notice that. You are God's building. Here he's talking again. You are not the work of any pastor. You are the work of God. I like that. You are the work of God, not of any pastor. So we have to be careful when we start praising pastors. Be careful. Or evangelists. It's the Lord. Look what else he says now. For we are laborers together with God. Can you believe that? God sets himself up with us together in the work that he's doing. I mean... He had the idea. He sent His Son, Jesus Christ. He gave the gospel. He does everything. And then He gives you a reward. Can you believe that? What kind of God is that? A loving, caring God that we serve. For we are laborers together with God. And you are God's husbandry. Or what? You are God's cultivated field. Or you are God's garden. Imagine that. I don't know how good of a gardener you are. But there are some beautiful gardens. And here God is saying that you and I are His garden. You are God's building. Notice that. There are a lot of beautiful buildings. But when you look at the child of God, then you look at yourself. You are now God's building. Check what He says. According to the grace of God, which is given unto me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, another builds thereon, but let every man take heed how he is building upon that. Notice that. When you are witnessing to somebody and you're trying to win people to Christ, how are you building that foundation? Is there going to be a solid foundation? Or are you building upon the sand? You have to build upon the rock. And the rock is Jesus Christ. This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. 
Our goal is always to help you grow in faith and enjoy close communion with God. Visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. Coming up shortly, we'll tell you about an audio pack with biblical insight that illuminates the blessings of righteousness. But first, let's continue with Rawl in part two of the lesson, The Christian Message. Verse 11. For other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is what? Jesus Christ is the only foundation. Remember I told you it's not through Allah. It's not through Buddha. It's not through Krishna. It's not through the Pope. It's not through Mary. It's only through Jesus Christ. You say, well, that's too narrow-minded. Hey, don't argue with me. Argue with God. That's what he said. Jesus Christ is the only foundation. It is not through the Mormon religion, through the Jehovah Witnesses. It is through Jesus Christ by being born again of the Holy Spirit to become a new person. You see, the Catholic Church teaches that Peter was the first pope. That he's the foundation. Today, still teach that. That Peter is the foundation to the Catholic Church. Paul says here that the foundation is who? Jesus Christ. That's why in the book of Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus came to Peter, Peter, he told Peter, they were up in Caesarea Philippi in the north of Taldan. And he said, hey, Peter, who do men say that I am? And Peter said, well, Lord, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elisha. Some say you're one of the prophets. And then Jesus said, but Peter, who do you say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Messiah, the anointed one of God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the foundation. And then he went to tell them, hey, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father in heaven gave you that revelation. And upon this rock, I will build my church, Peter. And the Catholic Church says, oh, there it is. Upon this rock, I will build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Don't be confused. This is what Jesus used. He says, upon this rock, these Petras, I will build my church. When he talked about the true church, he talked about Petra, which Petra is what? In the Greek is a massive stone. The rock. When you go to Caesarea Philippi, there's this massive rock where they worship the god Pan in the past. The Greek god Pan. And when you're looking at this massive rock, Jesus is pointing and saying, Peter, the church of Jesus Christ is this rock. This is who I am. I am the foundation. But Peter... Don't let me discourage you. He bent down and he grabbed a little pebble. He says, Peter, Petros, this is who you are. (laughs) Pretty interesting. Petros and Petras. Jesus is the Petras and Peter is not the Petras, but the little Petros. (laughs) The little stone. Okay? So next time someone tells you that, hey, take him to the scripture in Matthew 16. Here it is again in 1 Corinthians chapter 3.11. For there is no other foundation can a man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man builds upon this foundation, and here it is, if you're trying to build upon the foundation of Christ with gold, or silver, or precious stones, or wood, or hay, or stubble, listen, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day of judgment shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. Wow. When you put into the fire gold 
and silver and precious stones and wood and hay and stuff. You notice he starts out with the most expensive and he ends up with the least. On the day of the Bema Seat of Christ, in 2 Corinthians 5.10, the Bema Seat of Christ, Romans 14.10, when we go to heaven and we stand in the presence of God, we're not going to stand at the white throne judgment in Revelations 11, chapter 20, 11 through 15. We are going to stand at the Bema Seat of Christ seven years prior to the tribulation period ends. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to go to the Bema Seat of Christ. We're going to stand before God and we're going to be judged not for our sins anymore. We are going to be judged for our works, our motives. Why did you witness? Why did you give? Why did you preach? Why did you help somebody? And the way it's going to be revealed, you're not going to stand there with your football team. Okay? You're going to stand there all alone. And the Lord is going to say, Okay, Raul, let's take everything you ever did and let's put it into the fire and let the fire judge your works. And then all of a sudden, man, things begin to melt and to be actually burned. For some people, out of the fire, they'll receive tremendous rewards. But for others that are Christians, when they stand before God, because they never did anything for God, everything's going to burn and they're going to stand totally naked before Him and there's nothing to give to them. But only one thing. Salvation is a free gift of God. That's it. You want to make sure. Why? Because in the future to come, what you do for Jesus Christ today is what you're going to be in the future to come. Ruling and reigning with Christ. You see? It's not just coming to church. It's becoming active in the work of God. Watch what he says. And if any man's work abide, which he has built thereon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer the loss. Notice, it's not the loss of salvation. You're already there. Can you imagine? He's not going to throw you out. But check this out. He shall suffer the loss, but he himself shall be saved. How? Yet as by the fire. You barely made it. You barely made it. Because of the gift of God, salvation is the free gift of God. But you have nothing to show. All the years you lived upon this earth as a Christian, you did nothing for God. That's sad. That's sad. That many people will stand there like that. And then he says this, don't you know? He says that you are the temple of God and then the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now here is something important. Your body is no longer your body. If you're a child of God, your body now has become the temple of God. Two words that he uses for the temple of God here in the actual Greek language. Going back to the Hebrew. One of them that he uses is heron, which means the whole temple complex. And the next one that he uses is ner, which means the holy place. That's the word that he's using here. You have become now, your body, the holiest of holies, where God lives. Interesting. Where God lives. That's why Paul the Apostle in Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I therefore, my brethren, beg you by the mercies of God, that you would present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your minds. Which is what? God's perfect will for your life. That's why I tell you, you have to be careful with your body, 
Because your body is no longer yours. It belongs to God. And you can defile the temple of God. Later on in chapter 6, you'll hear about it. Where Paul says, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So if you fornicate, what are you doing? You're taking a man's body, a woman's body. You're joining it together. And it's like a whore. You're infecting the temple of God. That's why we call it fornication. Or adultery. You see? You're misusing God's temple. The temple of God is holy. You don't bring in prostitutes into the holies of holies. You see? It's a holy place. Where God dwells, God lives. And that's my body. Even though I am body, soul, and spirit now. You know, before Christ. My spirit is dead before Christ. I come to Him. But when I come to Jesus Christ, body, soul, and spirit now has a flip over. Now it's spirit ruling and the body is last. Soul and then body. And body, Paul says what? Reckon the old man to be dead every day of your life. So that the spirit of God can live in you. Whenever you sin with your body, you grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Look what else he says. This is so incredible. Watch this. Verse 17. And if any man defile the temple of God, the holies of holies, God shall destroy him, for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. That doesn't have to be explained. You can read it yourself. Notice that. A call to holiness. A call to holiness. We should not fornicate. We should not commit adultery. We should not fill our temple with alcohol and drugs and all those things. Why? Because this is the temple of God now. We used to do that before we came to Christ. But no more. Because we are representatives of what? Of Jesus Christ now. And Christ lives in me. It's not my testifying. It's not my witnessing. People, what Jesus said, what? People will get to know who you are. How? By the light that is in me. By your fruits. And that is the fruit of what? Of love. And holiness of God in our lives. Look what else he says. Let no man deceive himself. If any man among you seems to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. Notice that. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. And then he quotes from uh, Job 5.10, where Eliphalas, Eliphalas is actually speaking to Job, uh, Psalm 94.11. He says in verse 19 and 20, For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, He takes the wise in their own craftiness, and again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise, and they are empty. Notice that. Empty. Therefore, let no man glory in man, for all things are yours. Whether Paul, or Apollos, or Cephas, or world, or life, or death, or thing present, or thing to come, all are yours, and you are Christ, and Christ is God's. Isn't that incredible? That's who we are in Jesus Christ. And it's going to get better in the book of Corinthians. We hope you've been challenged to pursue more in your relationship with the Lord, avoiding the pitfalls of complacency and compromise as you choose a path of obedient surrender. 
You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear today's program again, we'll be happy to send you a complete copy for a donation of $5 or more. To get that, simply call 800-634-9165. And when you contact us, mention today's study, The Christian Message. We'd also like to tell you about a helpful resource titled Walking Righteously. It's a four-part audio collection from Rawl that explores how submission leads to blessing as you're directed by His Holy Spirit. You'll see that when you follow the Lord in humble devotion, He'll bless your life and use you in meaningful ways. Contact us today to order Rawl's Walking Righteously audio pack, and we'll send you this four-message collection for a gift of $19 or more. To make your purchase, call us at 800-634-9165. That's 800-634-9165. You can also write us anytime at Somebody Loves You Radio, Post Office Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. In our ongoing effort to come alongside you in your personal discipleship, we've put together a number of ways you can explore the Bible on your own. Our Somebody Loves You app is a way you can put online Bible studies at your fingertips. It also includes a scripture reading plan that can help you be more methodical in your reading of God's Word. And you can listen to all of these Bible studies at your convenience when you download the podcast using Spotify or iTunes. Well, it's our joy to meditate on the Bible's truth with you, and we hope you'll join us again next time for more from 1 Corinthians. We'll get a challenge to dedicate our time, energy, and resources to the Lord, fully committing our lives to bring glory to His name. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.